Hey, hey, this is part B to episode 93. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Okay guys, I'm picking up right where I left off in the first half of episode 93 with more Q&A about fasting and intermittent fasting. Let's jump right in with some questions about exercise. So of course a lot of you had questions about what type of exercise, how much exercise you should or should not do when you're fasting. And as with everything else, I'm gonna share with you what I'm reading and then I'm gonna share with you what I'm actually doing. So several people, including Mary, said I'd be interested in any commentary on exercising while fasting. Do we skip our workouts? Pollyanna said, it seems like everyone is saying that they have lots of energy while fasting. Does this mean people are keeping up with their regular physical activities, and then many more questions in the same vein. So several schools of thought here. First of all, exercise while you're intermittent fasting is not only um, perfectly acceptable, it's actually recommended. There's a lot of science behind it that I'm not going to go into now, but certainly if we want to have additional experts on the air, we can do so about intermittent fasting and exercise and even timing your exercise for the best results. But that's not what we're doing today. Today, I want to talk mostly about whether you should maintain your same levels of activity training and or exercise during a water fast or any kind of pretty severe fast. My, and I mean everything from healing to just getting through the activities of your day. Now, a lot of experts recommend that you actually treat your fast as a period of rest, of extreme rest, if you will. And I'll be honest with you, I have not built that into my three-day window. I'm going to have to go on about my life just like I normally would. And the thing that I can control is how much additional activity that I will do. So I won't ride my trainer, something that I'm accustomed to doing during the colder months, and I won't hit the gym, as I said, and I will definitely make sure that I get in some longer leisure walking and might even jump a little bit on my rebounder and do some stretching and some light yoga, but I'm going to skip the gym for a few days. The experts point out that if you force yourself into training while you're water fasting, then you're much more likely to consume muscle and get the opposite effects of what you actually want. In a somewhat related question, Camille asks, more out of curiosity than anything, are there complementary protocols that can enhance the effect of fasting? Absolutely, Camille. Highly recommend any of the following, meditation, massage, acupuncture, infrared sauna, essentially anything that would normally be a healthy and restorative idea would be profoundly useful during a fast for several reasons. One is quite simply, you enhance the effects of the cleanse that may be going on. You enhance the effect of healing or you enhance your ability to heal. Another element here is it provides a distraction. It provides a different place, a different area of focus for your mind to go. So whichever one of those speaks to you or that you have time for would be an outstanding idea. So for me personally, meditation is not something I'm really working on right now, although quiet moments of gratitude and prayer are, so call it whatever you want, um, but attempting to focus my energy and focus my mind on 
other spaces that I don't normally have the time for or put energy into. What a wonderful time to do that during this three-day fast, especially when you're not eating. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's true. If you're not focused on eating, consuming, cooking, preparing, shopping, that sort of thing, it actually does logistically offer you a little bit more time to spend on this sort of practice. So I will also be sure to have at least one infrared sauna during this three-day period, just because you've heard me talk about that before. I've definitely written about it and shared that with you on the blog at onairwithella.com and shared it with my mailing list. But the infrared sauna uh, or any sauna is going to just further enhance your cleanse. Now, bear in mind, if you go into a traditional sauna, you may find yourself more lightheaded than usual if you've not been eating. So be careful about that. Same with acupuncture. Any healing protocol is going to be a wonderful place to focus your energy, focus your healing, and focus your time. Now, Deb had a wonderful thing to contribute to the group. Um, on the Facebook forum, at the in the private Facebook group for you guys who are interested in doing this fast or learning about it, you're all welcome. Deb said the following. I just wanted to drop in and remind everyone that one of the many benefits to fasting is moving your attention away from food to other parts of yourself and your life. Additionally, fasting this time of year is a perfect way to get back in touch with our more root self. Winter is a time to slow down for those of you who are in winter right now. Food is not plentiful in nature, so we eat more sparingly. There are many ways that our bodies gather nourishment. The sun and the air provide nutrients through photosynthesis. Your eyes photosynthesize and through mineral absorption through our skin. Did you know that the skin and gut are formed from one large tube and are the same tissue? Actually, Deb, I didn't know that. So make it a part of your fast to go outside at least once a day. Gaze at the early morning and late evening sun. Put your face in the wind. Walk in nature. Be at peace with the time of less in order to enjoy a time of plenty. Deb, that was beautifully stated. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's a wonderful reminder. Okay, the next chapter of questions, if you will, is a little bit more random. They had several different themes. So we're calling this bucket miscellaneous and things that I don't know the answer to. So I'll go through several of these. Pollyanna said, I like that you plan around social obligations. I feel she was referring to my intermittent fasting strategy. She said, I feel like that part will be hard. I wonder if people experience difficulty with friends and family not understanding if they're fasting. There's such a stigma around not eating and so many people feel it's not good for you. I'd rather not try to justify what I'm doing to someone else. Yes, Pollyanna, there is so much here. So a couple of things. One is, and you'll read this in Jimmy Moore and Dr. Fung's book, and you, it's just sort of common wisdom. If you're fasting, if you're doing this three-day fast, or if you're using this three days to intermittent fast and try that on for size, yeah, I wouldn't so much chat about it. I am talking with this group, and I am not making a big to-do about this in my own household or my day-to-day -day living. I mean, honestly... I think it sounds crazy. Like if you're not studying this, if you're not researching this as a healing protocol, think about it. It sounds like you are starving yourself for three days, or it sounds like you have an eating disorder, or it sounds just crazy. And frankly, can't we all think of a time and place where this would have sounded like absolute madness to us? And maybe to a lot of you, it still does. So this is not something that I would be chatty about. It's something that you can talk about after you've done it. And it's something that you can obviously make your own decision about whether to share it or not. But generally speaking, this is not 
not material for conversation for most of us who just want to try it, see how it goes, um, pay attention to our own experiences, and not spend the time justifying our existence. Now, this raises another question. What do you tell the people in your household? Now, what I would like to do is I would like to hear from you guys. So on the Facebook page, the private forum on Facebook, I would actually, I'll post this question and I'd love to hear your answers. What are you telling the people who will know? So if you have small children, how are you handling it? If your spouse or your partner, whoever you live with doesn't understand, or maybe you live with family members, if they don't understand and they're giving you a hard time, what strategies work for you? For me personally, my family is so used to me doing nutty stuff like this and self-experimentation that it's just you know, it's no big deal. If I had small children, frankly, I would make absolutely as little of this as possible. And it's such a short amount of time. I wonder if you even have to say anything. One word of caution, please be so careful, especially if you have daughters in your house, be so careful about talking about this or presenting this in any way that would be confusing to a young mind. If you do talk about it, just talk about healing. Not that you're sick, <laughs> but that you're doing something uh, very short term uh, to heal something specific and get even better than you already are. And in, in essence, uh, be very, very aware that small young minds, not small, just young, young minds might be confused by the lack of eating and regular routine. So bear that in mind. And then if you have any strategies for dealing with more difficult or challenging circumstances interpersonally, then share those with us. We would love to hear from you. Ingrid asks a different question. Has anyone had issues with their hormones when fasting? I heard women have more issues with hunger signals. Well, Ingrid, I had the same question and frankly, I moved away from fasting after starting it because um, I found it very challenging and I thought that it was screwing me up hormonally and I had, I had some of the same concerns that you do. When I read the book that we are all using uh, as our guide on this fast, which is The Complete Guide to Fasting by Jimmy Moore and Dr. Jason Fung, they do have a section. For those of you who have the book, it's, in, it's on uh, page 186, but it's about should women fast. And they say statistically and in their labs and with their experience, they've seen no difference between the sexes and if anything, women tend to do better. And there are a couple of pages on that. Um, it says normal weight women do not see a significant difference in their sex hormone profile during fasting. And he goes on and on and on about this uh, in some detail. So there are definitely potential problems that women can face during fasting, but the same problems come up with men and they do not see that one gender has an advantage over another. A very wide range of experiences and opinions on this subject. At the end of the day, what is priority number one is that you pay attention to what works for you. I just can't say that enough. Now, Colette mentions a benefit sort of that's hormonally related in intermittent fasting. Colette says, I've been trying to increase my hours of fasting in prep for our three-day fast coming up. I am up to 15 to 16 hours from 12 to 14. This is just an observation, but I wanted to ask other women who have been doing this more regularly if you notice less negative symptoms around your menstrual cycle. I've just finished and it was amazing how much better I felt having fasted through it. I wonder if anyone else has noticed the same, less bloating, cramping, and mood swings. 
The answer is yes. Intermittent fasting is supposed to be very, very beneficial for many uh, with premenstrual and menstrual symptoms. And Colette, at the risk of TMI, gentlemen who are listening in, uh, I have noticed a profound profound difference. And I'd be so interested to know if uh, Colette and I are the only ones or if other people have had this experience. We had another question that came from episode 90 when I interviewed Jimmy Moore and we got on this fasting train to begin with. This listener says, on the podcast, you said if you're hungry, you should eat. So are you saying that when you fast, you don't experience hunger or hunger pains? That doesn't seem right. I can't square this with my experience. If I don't eat for half a day, I'm ravenous and almost have trouble and then I overeat. Okay. There are a couple things to point out here. First of all, yes, you're going to have hunger pains and hunger flashes when you are fasting. The book uh, that we are using as our guide goes into detail about hunger and hunger signals and how they're hormonally driven and they are not you starving to death. and, and And it explains a lot about that. But let me be clear. If you are having hunger pains hunger pangs, either of the above during your fast, you need to pay attention. There's no way I'm fasting for three days and I'm not going to have pangs of hunger. Like there's no way, but contrast that to six months ago, where if I had tried to do this, my hunger and my blood sugar would have made me a crazy person because I had done no prep. I was coming from a different place. I wasn't mentally ready. I wasn't physically ready. And logistically, I just hadn't done any kind of practice with intermittent fasting or anything like that. Now, that would be setting me up for a pretty painful three-day fast. So in your case, if you are suffering then it's not the right time for you. So maybe you try it and you experience extreme hunger and you decide to have a bone broth and see how you feel. Or maybe you decide that it's just not working and you'd rather use this three-day period to do intermittent fasting. Or maybe, maybe you're not ready at all to just jump into the concept of fasting and you should spend this three days doing a whole food cleanse where you do nothing but consume whole unprocessed foods. My point here, and we'll revisit this before this show is out, is to start where you are. So to answer the question more specifically from my own experience, oh, I'll be hungry. Like, are you kidding? (laughs) I am interested to see how I respond to the hunger and I'm interested to learn how I sort of move through it. Now, when my husband did the three-day fast, I, I told you guys in episode 90, he just dropped and did it. Just just did it. Just knocked it out. And he said that day one, it was more a habit. Like I'm used to eating right now or I'm used to putting something in my face. And it wasn't so much hunger-driven as it was habit-driven. Day two is annoying because you're hungry. Uh, and then, and I've read that in so many places, it has to do with where your, your hormonal and chemical responses by day two. And then day three, uh, rumor has it, you are not hungry at all. So I'll be so interested to know, but I don't know yet. And I'll let you know, and I'll share it with you every step of the way. Somebody else asked about bowel movements. They were pretty delicate about it. They said, will skipping breakfast if I'm intermittent fasting or fasting in general affect my normal routine? I am used to using the bathroom 30 minutes after breakfast. Okay. I'll summarize that way. You get the idea. So she's used to having a movement in the morning 30 minutes after she eats breakfast as are many people. And what I am reading and researching is that a lot of people actually don't have a bowel movement while they are fasting. So, So 
they might have one in the outset and then they don't have another one uh, until the fast is over, until they break their fast. That is apparently very, very, very common. It actually takes food to move food in many cases. Uh, you can do a couple of things if that sounds horrible to you. You can bear in mind that you're not actually consuming food or hardly any at all. So you shouldn't be worried about keeping things moving nearly as much. You should also bear in mind that once you break your fast, it tends to push things along. And then if that still doesn't resonate with you, you can do what I do, which is rely on Mag 7 magnesium oxide, to um, make sure that you are getting a nice little colon cleanse in the morning. And I talked about that in the last episode, so I won't belabor that point here. All right, I know I'm skipping around a little bit here, but I had another question about hunger and day two and that sort of thing. This person says, you said day two is terrible and day three is beyond bliss. Could you expand on terrible and bliss? What are the hardest things and what does bliss look like? My reply is, I don't remember saying bliss. I can't imagine feeling blissful after not eating. Um, Maybe Jimmy Moore said that. I will tell you that when I've done juice and broth fasting, I've had incredible amounts of energy on day three. And to just touch back on the exercise question, if I have a ton of energy on day three, on day three, I will no doubt do something with that energy. And if it makes me hungry, then so be it. It's at the end of my fast. So I won't worry too much about that one. But the truth is, I don't know what day two will look like. I don't know what day three will feel like. And I will let you know as we go. Now, Ryden responded to this question on the Facebook page. And Ryden said the following, I rotate between a 16-8 and an 18-6 intermittent fasting protocol. No set plan. Sometimes I do 24-hour fasts, whichever fits in with my hunger signals. I've done one 72-hour water fast. The first 24 hours were the hardest, but not on my body. I felt great and had a ton of energy. The struggle was all mental. Things that helped me deal with the mental aspect were writing out my why, we've talked about that, and keeping it on the fridge and pantry. Since I was still cooking for my husband, it was helpful to see it. I counted hours, not days, and gave myself permission to trust my body. I knew that there was food if I really needed it, and I asked myself, can I wait? Can I go one more hour? The answer was usually yes, and when the answer was I don't know, I read my why, and then I asked again. Doing it with everyone will be awesome. So I love those tips from Ryden. Thank you so much for sharing those. And I think that'll be helpful for everybody to hear. Okay, Chrissy says, are there any clear signs that we need to look out for that the fast should be broken? In other words, I know from experience that fasting can be uncomfortable at times, but is there any obvious sign that for health's sake, it's time to eat something? My safe answer here, and I get that this is a little bit of a cop-out, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health practitioner. I can't responsibly answer this question. My response here is, if you feel terrible, I mean, a lot of people feel terrible when they're going through a detox process. A lot of people feel terrible when they're going through a cleanse because their body is bringing to surface the toxins that it is expunging and expelling. So that's very, very common. And a lot of experts will tell you to push through. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that if you feel absolutely terrible, then please, Break your fast with something super healthy. Have some green juices. Have some bone broth. Have some kombucha, bone broth, and a green juice. Go to town. Um, If it's not working for you, if you feel terrible, if you're shaky, if you feel faint, if you can't get through your life, 
then stop. I don't think you're ready. That's not my expert opinion. That is me, your buddy, telling you, let's not. Like if you are looking to heal from something and do some sort of extreme detox and it's going to be rather violent on your body, then you need to do that with a practitioner and someone who can guide you through it. And that's an option available to you. And I'm not that person. So I want zero responsibility for telling people, which I could never do in good conscience, to just persevere through all of the discomfort and the pain and the horribleness. Because I think the people that successfully do a three-day water fast are people who, who have been on this journey for some time and who have worked with intermittent fasting and who are coming from a well-nourished place but are looking to, you know, go that last 2%. And then others of you really, like, you really just want to jumpstart weight loss or you want to jumpstart sort of detox and clean living and rebooting and resetting. And that makes tons of sense. But what I would recommend for that group is that you look at this three days as a fast slash cleanse that is better than the day before. So pick your level. In fact, I'm so passionate about this and I believe in it so much that I created a quick guide for all of us that I'll send out to the fasting group email list and it has a list of questions to ask yourself. And depending on your answer, it tells you whether you should be water fasting, whether you should be intermittent fasting, or whether you should look at this three-day period as a whole foods cleanse. And I want that group who may be coming from a place where they're not ready to water fast, but could definitely get excited about doing something that was better than the day before. And I encourage you to look into the Whole30 guidelines. And that's, you could just Google it, Hartwig, Melissa Hartwig's Whole30 program. Maybe we'll have her on the show, but not today. And look at the guidelines for the Whole30 and use those guidelines for these three days. In short, no sugar, no dairy, no grains, no soy, whole food consumption, meats and fish and fruits and veggies for these three days and see how you feel. That would be my recommendation. Now, again, I've created this worksheet, this cheat sheet for us to ask ourselves and be honest with ourselves about where we are so that we can use this three days to be the best that we can be, but be realistic about our goals. I want you guys to check that out and I want you to treat this three-day period as doing what's right for you because there are many, many of us who want the same things, but we're not all starting from the same place and not everybody should fast. So a couple of people said, I'm really interested in fasting, but I don't want to lose weight. I'm interested in doing a one, two, or three-day fast for health benefits, but I definitely do not want to lose weight. I know, I know, most of you are like, really cry me a river, but I want to respect where everybody is in this journey. And if someone is underweight, no, <laughs> no fasting. Use it as a whole foods cleanse for three days. But if you are underweight or not looking to lose any weight, then please, please don't jump into a water fast. It will definitely have uh, short-term and potentially longer-term weight loss effects. Somebody else asked, under what circumstances would you recommend that someone not fast? To be very, very specific, there's a list in our book on page 179 of people who absolutely should not fast. I'll read through that list really quickly. Those who are severely malnourished, those who are underweight, children under 18 years of age, pregnant women, breastfeeding women. 
if you have gout, if you are taking regular medications, if you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, and if you have gastro reflux. The last segment there from gout through reflux, those are people who should not fast without medical supervision, according to Dr. Fung and Jimmy Moore. Now let's add to that list. If you are in a period of high stress, if you are in a period of heavy, heavy training or overtraining, if you are suffering from a chronic lack of sleep, if you are consuming a standard American diet most of the time, these are all people who should not just jump into a water fast. It can be very, very, very dangerous. So I've taken this list of who should do what and guidelines on whether you should try water fasting or intermittent fasting. And I've put them all in this worksheet that I'll share with you. But here's the bottom line. You've heard me say this time and time again. Start where you are, use what you have, and do what you can. And that is all to be better than before. It's not all or nothing. And jumping into a water fast from an unhealthy place could have really, really dire effects. Jumping into a water fast without preparation can be extremely harmful. So wherever you are, figure out what would be the best use of this three-day period for you and join us and let's do it together and rely on one another and support one another. But just choose something that is better than before. Don't necessarily go to an extreme. I refer back to Mark Sisson again. I mentioned him in part A of the of episode 93. He just has such a solid head on his shoulders when it comes to this sort of thing. Let me share with you what he says. Mark says, bottom line, there is no concrete objective law regarding the suitability of intermittent fasting or fasting for a particular person. If you are truly hungry, eat. Failing to do so will add stress. If you're stressed, don't fast. You don't need another stressor. If you're training six days a week, don't fast. Unless you're genetically blessed, you'll need lots of fuel to prevent overtraining. If you're not hungry, don't eat. If coffee's enough, skip breakfast. If life is good, try fasting. In the end, the prudent path is to simply listen to your body. Don't let the intermittent fasting dogma make you feel guilty about grabbing a handful of macadamia nuts between meals when you are intermittent fasting. Try it out, skip a meal, go 14 hours or so. You already do eight every night. With regard to fasting in general, are you lightheaded? Are you weak? Are you sick? then maybe it's not for you. Maybe you need to fix a few things, eating better, sleep, reduce chronic stress, and then try again. In a perfect world, we'd all have untouched, undamaged metabolisms with jobs that we love and plenty of leisure time to spend with friends and family. And intermittent fasting would be the default eating method, but it's not and we don't. I couldn't have said it better myself, Mark Sisson. Thank you very much. Guys, go check out the chart that I've put together for you. Figure out which fast is going to be best for you, if any, for this three-day period. There are three different levels. Make your choice. Do what's right for you. And no matter which path you choose, I'm in it with you. See you later. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Don't forget to join our Facebook page and thanks for those phenomenal reviews in iTunes. Every great review helps and we read every one. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.